So I think it's awareness within the enterprise. Certainly it's financial investment. We spent a fortune on our tech stack. Now what? Then on the smaller companies, I've invested enough money on my website, I think, and business has been good. So it's good enough. And the good enough attitude cannot prevail anymore. If you have not digitalized your existence and you stay on top of it, you will not succeed in this business. I, I just don't see how that's possible. Connect, influence, optimize. You're listening to The Channel Channel, a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components. Brought to you by the ECIA, the Electronic Component Industry Association. Working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel. Welcome to The Channel Channel. This is David Loftus. CEO of ECIA and host of this session of the Channel Channel, a podcast sponsored by the Electronic Components Industry Association, covering topics that are important for participants of the electronic supply chain. I'm very pleased to be joined today by Steve Cholas, VP of Business Development for Big Zeta, a company focused on digital presence, electronics tailored search engines, design tools, and custom development projects. Welcome, Steve. Hey, good morning, Dave. Thanks for uh, inviting me. I'm looking forward to this, actually, very much so. I kind of missed my ECIA members uh, with COVID and all, you know, the meetings and such. So let's look. Uh, I'm looking forward to a, to a good year, maybe reconnecting, certainly with EDS. To see Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we're all looking yeah. forward to that. And I yeah. think us, hopefully most of our listeners know EDS is on full force. We expect that uh, vaccinations are going to be complete for just about anybody that wants one. Uh, months before our EDS date in August and look forward to seeing you, Steve, and hopefully thousands of others in Las Vegas in, in late August. Let's all show up, be safe, get your shots if you can. <laughs> That's right. Hey, speaking of that, uh, yeah, hope you and your yeah. family have weathered the COVID storm well. We have. I, yeah, nobody has gotten sick uh, other than from the second dose which would be me only, of course, you know, my wife and others in the family had virtually no reaction other than me. So I'm, I'm not the tough guy that I think I am half the time, I guess. <laughs> That's what I shared with you that I got the J&J &J vaccine this week and luckily uh, zero uh, after effects from that. But, but the, the, the interesting story from Georgia here is that we are 50th out of 50 states in percentage of the population vaccinated so far. So I hope you guys are doing a little bit better in California. Well, we are. I think we are. You know, I try to read the reports every few days. Just, you know, there's so much noise about it, but it looks like we're doing pretty good with that. And, and I am glad to finally get past this number, you know, in our state about, you know, uh, you know, deaths, if will. It's terrible. It's terrible from all of that. But I think hopefully people have learned a lesson, not the feds or the states, but people have learned lessons and that'll turn the corner for us. I believe that. Yeah, we've learned a lot with COVID. We learned yeah. new ways to work. I guess before we dig into the details, did you find through COVID any new ways to have fun? I, I have. Now, you just gave me a moment to think about that. <laughs> so I've got to come. You know, what comes to mind first, I think, Dave, is um, fun. You know, introducing people, friends outside of the business to Zoom and video conferencing. You know, general public doesn't do that a lot, you know, if at all, in most cases. So having fun with that to reconnect with friends and do Zoom calls, 
or any other type of platform video uh, has been really great. Also, so that's been fun. For me personally, it's caused me to get out of tech and to extend myself outwardly into, I think, you know, things that matter more, family, health, a uh, lot more exercise, if you will, right? Um, and I took time to try to understand technology platforms a bit better. Uh, obviously, it's thrust forward for us. So I've got to make sure that I understand how to use them much better than relying on, you know, IT departments or somebody else within a company to help me out, right, if you will. So that's been a lot of fun uh, learning that. And I say it, it is fun it, because I could talk to different people about it in the business as they struggle to try to make sure their link is working or their camera's working and all this silly stuff, but it certainly has, I think, set me up uh, and our business up, you know, to move forward in a more proactive way. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what COVID has taught me, I think. And there's a lot of other things we'll get into. I get that, but uh, it's that's fantastic. About, yeah, that's about as much fun as I've had, I think. It's been busy. <laughs> it's been busy. Hey, uh, just to dig into the details a little bit. So you've yeah. had a really interesting journey with a number of uh, media and marketing companies. Obviously, you know our business very well and know a lot of folks in the business. Maybe you can share a little bit about your experience with our listeners. Sure, sure. And I'll make it quick. I'm not going to take 1984 today and take all the time to do that. But I've been very fortunate to enter this business in the uh, early 80s. I was excited by it. Um, I learned quickly what I had to learn if I was going to be successful, right? So in that media business, when I entered, you know, it was prior to, you know, any kind of digital, you know, values that were out there or, or any kind of advancement digitally that, you know, would transform things, which came later. But um, it was a really good experience for me, early years and transformable years as the decades went on, uh, decades, so it's been like almost four now, but to, you and me both, buddy. Yeah, to be part of something, <laughs> to be part of something like that, right, Dave? Right? And neither one of us show our age, apparently. But we're not going to show our faces. But uh, of course, we do. But um, that experience over the years uh, with launching, building, and managing some of the more formidable, well-known global brands in B two B technology afforded me a lot of opportunities to talk to executives and different levels of management and understand how they run their businesses relative to how they're trying to gain customer attention, brand identity and equity. So all those years brought it to the forefront, I think in 2018, where I was able to realize it was time for a change, which I did. And, uh, you know, we decided to launch Big Zeta, but what it, those years taught me some of the pain, you know, the pain points and the misalignments with component manufacturers and distributors and what they're trying to do digitally as that came to the fore, right? Um, and the timing was perfect to take all of those lessons learned, you know, things that we did well, things that we did not so well in media and how did that affect our customers and what are they doing to adjust in their transformational desires, right? And, Today, it's digital transformation. Tomorrow, it could be something different. It'll probably be intelligent transformation, you know, with AI and things like that. But it gave me we, a pretty good, yeah. pretty good perspective. We, we agreed that uh, we're going to talk about digital transformation yes. today. Uh, that's a pretty broad topic. Maybe you can share a little bit about your view of 
digital transformation for tech companies that are on this call? Sure, sure. So I think the, I think the term digital transformation falls in line with an overused terminology, just like IoT has done. What does that mean, right? And same thing with embedded back in the day. What does that mean, right? It's such an ambiguous statement and digital transformation is the same thing. I believe that. So it can mean many things to different people. Relative to this industry, component manufacturing and distributors, regardless, I think, of the size of your enterprise, digitally transformation means different things to different people. And it can go as deep as the entire operational you know, facility and enterprise. How do we utilize technology to transform that more efficiently and proficiently? And end of the day, we got to make more money. Can that help us make more money? Um, so it can mean a lot of things to different people. Um, I think right now, for the most part, people jump to two areas. Let's say three areas is how can digital transformation, what does that mean related to my operational efficiency as an enterprise? Uh, all of our backend functions and everything else, how does that work? How does it work better? Are we staffed properly? Move forward to the website which seems to be, and I'm maybe gonna irritate a few people out there, but the website seems to be something that had been for so long, the last thought of what we're going to do, what we need to look like or provide, right? So there's that, and that's finally come to the forefront, which I think enters a, you know, a pretty good opportunity for many companies to survive, succeed, but grow. And that's, what, that's what's important. And I think lastly, digital transformation, you know, falls with many companies as it's good enough what I have. Um, I've spent millions of dollars on building our tech stack. Now what? Where does it go from here? How do I, you know this, Dave, I mean, you, you were in, the, in this business, you ran some of these operations that counted on, you know, these platforms, you know, does it work? Do we staff properly? So, Digital transformation for me, I, I know I've kind of bounced around a bit, but to me, that's what it means, you know, today. And there's nuances to that based on the scale of companies, you know. So, so you look across the tech spectrum and how do you think most companies are progressing on the journey? Sure. I don't think very well, to be honest with you, including, and that includes Big Zeta, you know, Big Zeta, when we launched in 2018, we've had, you know, probably four different revs on our website or digital presence because uh, it's very dynamic and changing. Uh, we've got to stay on top of as much as we possibly can on the platforms and tech stacks that are available out there. But I think most companies, most, boy, um, I, I think they haven't done what they needed to do prior to COVID. And now it forced forward the reality of the negligence that they had prior and now they're trying to rapidly catch up example would be maybe simple a simple thing is search you know on a particular website there's so many manufacturers and distributors that um, have an inadequate search platform when a customer user goes to the site they want to be able to type in it's one of the top three things the first engagement does that work right and it's amazing how much i've seen that of companies that have just taken it for granted, it works good enough, let's move forward. Um, yeah, we so certainly think, have had this forcing function of COVID that's uh, yeah. hopefully driven this to the forefront. That's gotta be beneficial 
for your business. I had an old CEO that used to say a tragedy is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> Let me write that down. That's, you know, where's my pen? I like that. And that's true, right? Across in all life, right? You learn from mistakes or tra tragedies that happen and you, because there's always area to improve. Most importantly, you can't improve until you learn and understand. And so, I think so, that's what everybody's. You know, so so why do you think that, um, you know, up until COVID where everybody got really a swift kick in the pants, um, you know, why wasn't it a priority with companies pre-COVID and maybe even some companies today don't give it enough emphasis? Sure. Um, it, it, we should relate that. Let, let's talk about the websites, for example, to hone in on one thing, right? Just one thing on websites. Websites, for the most part, have been, I think, as an average out there, I'd say that it if lucky if this industry has had 20%, 25% of the companies, distance and manufacturers actually elevate and upgrade and customize to current standards of value and need their websites. The reason money, money has always been an issue, right? Uh, you've got this, this, this dysfunctional relationship in many companies. I know I'm going to hit a sweet spot for you, Dave, and that it would be sales and marketing. Rarely for years would they ever talk. I think what digital has done is created that bridge that makes more sense that these two organizations or operational units can function cohesively. And that wasn't thought of entirely in the past, right? So you've got money, investment. How much am I willing to invest? Let's take an example for large, big companies, big enterprises, you know, your 20 billion, whatever you, the number may be. If you're large enough and you've invested tens of millions of dollars in your tech stack, are you getting out of it today what you invested? And I'm hearing more and more from executives. Well, that's a good question. It should not be a question. It should be an immediate answer you know, that you can answer. And I think that has been a, a realization for most. So I think it's awareness within the enterprise. Certainly it's financial investment. We spent a fortune on our tech stack. Now what? Then on the smaller companies, I've invested enough money on my website, I think, and business has been good. So it's good enough. And the good enough attitude cannot prevail anymore. If you have not digitalized your existence and you stay on top of it, you will not succeed in this business. I, I just don't see how that's possible because the customers remain. The last point is understanding your customer, your persona and your buyer journey on your site. How does that work? Mm -hmm. What are the disconnects? And I think it's been left unattended for a long time, a long time. Uh, reasons because I think it's just, you know, we've become complacent in this market a lot. Well, it's ironic, isn't it? Because we manufacture the parts that drive the internet. Yet tech companies in many cases are really not up to speed. They're not, a, they're far from the bleeding edge as far as digital technology. It, that's true. That's true. And whether we like it or not, you know, we've got to rethink our old operating models, you know, and, and digital has forced that, you know, to look at it. And come on, it just makes such obvious sense. If you grasp tech and you staff properly, you assess in the right directions, mapping up to your strategies and your business models of what it could be for your customer. Listen to your customer, understand it. I think that has really pushed forward uh, a lot of attention to C-suite. 
And whether you're a small $5 million company or a $50 billion company, that C-suite needs to understand if I'm going to invest X, you know, what is it going to return me in revenue? And you've now got these operational heads of units within companies that are all in line. Hey, we're going to do this. And, and, and here's the evidence. If we do do it, why it will work. Right. And that's the exciting time in this industry. That, that's a really good point, uh, is that ROI. That's really the, the holy grail mm -hmm. of the digital transformation processes I found. And I, I'll reflect on your earlier comment about the separation a lot of times in many companies between marketing and sales. And mm -hmm. just from a professional perspective, I always insisted that I have control of marketing and sales because it's imperative mm -hmm. that they be in lockstep with Absolutely. one another. And it's just, if... if they're going separate directions, very, very difficult. Um, you, you know, this, the big buzzword these days is analytics and being able to get that yeah, ROI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, how important is this to you and, and, and how do you help companies really establish that capability to get the tight circle between I invest this mm -hmm. and I can measure that and I can therefore adjust and improve my 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 marketing and sales effectiveness overall great question really good question so if i look back current or if i look, take a step back and I, you could read all the research out there whether it's you know uh you know deloitte or any of them Accenture, or even down to some of the media companies right uh that do research but you've got you know the top four things in digital transformation so we try to define that you and I, but digital transformation is the number one for C for CIOs, you know, for their budgets for 2020 and 21 beyond is digital transformation. It's like, I don't know, 70, 80% of all CIOs. That's my number one, you know, budget priority along with right after that is cybersecurity, then AI, right. And business intelligence, and then followed by customer experience. Let's just stay with those four. So digitally transforming, Cybersecurity, analytics, BI, which was your immediate question, and customer experience. So when you're transforming digitally, and it doesn't matter the scale level or what tech stack you're using or about to deploy, analytics data is now retrievable. And it's retrievable in, to be able to be presented in such a way where it's not looking at a bunch of data logs, right, and spreadsheets. BI tools bring forward today some understanding of what these data sets relative to the engagement that I've had with customers, whether it's on my site, and if that's moved into an actual transaction, you can measure and pull that data forward and it starts to tell a story. And if it's put in the right format, that data collection and assembled properly, it tells a pretty compelling story. Well, that makes a lot of sense right now. For God's sake, why we didn't do it before is because a lot of it wasn't there. We didn't have the platform to use it. Today, you've got it. Whether you spend $5,000 annually on a simple BI tool to some larger enterprise level, data is incredibly important and it drives the outcome of digital transformation to an executable action. That's key. That executable action I kind of stumble in my word there a little bit because I get excited about this stuff. I think what's important is that ultimately all, all digital strategies 
relate back to if a customer comes to me and touches me digitally, will they engage? What is my call to action for that engagement? How do I measure that engagement at the end? It could be as simple as hitting the buy now button, downloading data sheet, PDF file. All of that now has to be grasped together. And if you do it right, all of a sudden, without seeing a customer, you can take this digital touch points and triggers and start to understand who these people are that come to my website, who these people are digitally engaging with me. And now it starts to just unveil, peels the onion back. Oh, here's where we had fall off on our website or here operationally on the back end on portals, you know, with our distributors or a customer, what have you. This is the information that is not being brought forward quick enough. So we need to change and be able to pivot quickly and deliver that because the tech is there. The technology is there. So it's a long-winded answer. Ultimately, at the end of the day, digital transformation should elevate your understanding of customer experience and what would that engagement and how do they move beyond that engagement. Yeah, I think we talked about this in the past. That's in today's sales battles, mm-hmm. I look at the marketing opportunity as the strategic air cover for the Good battle. Point. And no one's going to win the war without that strategic air cover. You've got the trench warfare going on with your sales team day to day. That Having that strategic air cover, establishing that, being able to have intelligence, being able to adjust mm-hmm. uh, to the battle is, is, is really, really important. And you mentioned the sales. We talked a moment ago. The uh, you know sales and, and marketing. You know, finally been maybe more forced together, if you will. But you look at understanding. You know the design cycle, right? We all kind of have our visions of the design cycle as simple as ideation all the way through to build out, right? And then you've got steps in between. I, I'm not going to educate people on that. We all have our visions of that. We understand it. Um, but the same thing can apply to your digital presence, right? Understanding, I mentioned a moment ago, your buyer journey, right? You know, what does that journey look like when somebody hits you digitally? Can I track that and understand that? And that's where you, you know, there's so many ways now where you can identify triggers and engagement levels, you know, that way, right? I think another one would be persona. Uh, What do I know about my customer? You, You can ask any distributor or component manufacturer, they have a pretty good, universal agreement on what my customer is well you got to get beyond it whether they're engineer and buyer but what are the nuances the intent you know what's behind between the ears of those people when they're engaging with me um and that start if you can pull data and try to extract and understand intent of what they're doing with you you can develop personas that's something that was not known uh, or not thought of, I think, deeply enough. You know, yeah, we service the electronic component. I mean, the electronic industry out there, OEMs that build stuff, engineers and buyers and supply chain. It's not enough anymore. It's not enough. Because those personas have changed. And they'll continue to change. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah, sweep in the, you know, the new entities, uh, the new people that come into this business, which are digitally transformed already. What an ironic statement. You know, we've got people that are entering the business, not as much as we want, that are digitally transforming above and beyond what I am. And now I'm trying to catch up with them. And I think that is something that, you know, people again now are starting to realize. And they're addressing. 
Yeah. yeah. Understood. Hey, uh, let's slightly different tack here. Sure. sure. Big Zeta likes to talk about helping companies with offsite to onsite. Oh, you picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> Share a little bit about what that means and yeah. try to yeah. in, in, increase the engagement with customers. Uh, you got me thinking here. So offsite to onsite, you know, it's just a, a term I use. Maybe others have used it. I don't even know where I heard it or whatever, but that's what bubbles up to me. So you're trying as a company to bring somebody, you know, to your digital existence. So you're coming from, you're trying to drive them from offsite to onsite, whatever that means. And there's been so much history prior to this movement, meaning, in, which is pretty much around marketing. Let's stay focused on marketing. Companies spend a great deal of money on third party efforts, whether it's trade shows, virtual conferences, uh, B2B media. Uh, with some of the more profound media companies out there. And you're trying to drive this attention offsite in, right? And we've already talked about, you know, what happens once they hit your site on site, right? Um, it's different today because what you can do for those people that you've invested with for marketing, you now have different valuation points to judge them on. And I'll explain. This will probably irritate a lot of the media companies out there, but I lived your world, media companies. I understand. Media companies, the more, the more I think advanced ones, understand that they have to, just like their customers, understand their buyer journey on their site, their persona on the site. They need to make sure that that engagement level is very high because the minute I, as a third party, hand off to a lead to a customer of mine, be it a distributor or a component manufacturer, I know I'm going to be judged on whether or not that user that came from me to you, customer, will now engage. Mm -hmm. And we know the customer has everything in front of them now to understand how that engagement happens and to put values to it. Do the third parties that are out there understand that they should be doing the same? And they have all the wherewithal to treat their environments the same way they look at their customers. And I think that everything I, every, I don't get asked a lot of media questions anymore, but I will say the number one um, valuation for a distributor or component manufacturers, I invest a dollar with you. Here's, here's my engagement. Here's my conversion rate for you for my dollar. And if you don't register high enough, you're not going to get my money. That's and, I think, and I think that's, that's what is in front of us today. And we have all the tech tools to deal with that, right? Good deal. Yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, one last one, one, one comment on that. I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, uh, offsite to onsite is much like I view distributor and component salespeople and reps. You've always stayed on board. Now you got to get off board, right? You could talk about capacitors and processors on board, but solution selling, integration, and the advancement of technologies forces you as a salesperson to get off board. Think about edge. Think about the data and the environments that your product is now going into that's going to be assessed differently. Too many salespeople stay on board versus getting off board. <laughs> and I think the complete salesperson has to do that. That's good to put it in an analogy that our, our, our tech listeners can uh, relate to. Hey, uh, Steve, one, one last question for you. So organizations are really 
now realizing they need new talents for the new digital transformation about just being able to better implement sites, analytics, and so forth. Help us understand your your perspective on that, how companies are are working through the human resources challenge of this. That's even probably, you know, a a bigger challenge in many cases. Uh, I think that everybody universally uh, has to deal with. Uh, I didn't, I don't think I answered your question is how do we help companies? Uh, and I don't want to get pitchy on this. We, we help companies transform themselves digitally so we can help it from soup to nuts. Uh, so I'll put aside that. Call me if you need me from that standpoint. But staffing's become a big issue. You're right. Um, I've got all this digital technology now. Are we staffed appropriately to extract from that the data that we need, put it in some methodology of deployment that's usable? Do we have the talent that understands the tech stack well enough to make sure it's operable optimally all the time? That's a key. It's amazing how many companies you could talk to and ask, who, who owns the website? Dave, I'd get a hundred different answers. <laughs> I agree. You know, a hundred different answers. You know, uh, you know, oh, it's my marketing team. Really? Okay, what about your IT team? What about do you have a you know a webmaster? That webmaster is a term that is kind of universally used, but doesn't even exist as much anymore. So staffing now, I think in the digital revolution that's occurred and, and at the at the pace that it's moving, means I need people that understand the technology stacks how to use them efficiently, proficiently, how do I extract all the data and information intelligence from it, and do I have teams that can take that data into some executable you know, uh, action? Um, and that forces companies to look at, okay, do I, have, do I have coders on staff? Do I have dev teams on staff? You can't just say IT takes care of it for me anymore. Because IT has transformed to multiple areas of involvement now because of CIOs that have swept them in that you need to pay attention. No longer can you act as a silo. You are effectively, here's a great, I was talking to a big company the other day that their IT department was so disruptive and so much of a gate to get the rest of the organization around to work with, it costs them $10 million over a two-year period of lost estimated revenue. That, and that just came to the forefront? How could mm-hmm. that be? So it's talent um, from that standpoint. And I, many companies have been forced now, you don't have to hire the talent, you can outsource it, uh, you know, which is an advantage for you know, uh, big data. You know, we've staffed accordingly to handle just about any tech stack or analytical creative development need that you want, and you could do it for a fraction of the cost. This is how Accenture has made a lot of its money. Consulting, right? <laughs> you know, so I, I think is how do I staff appropriately with the technology? If I can't afford to do it, how do I outsource it? And what will they do? And that is a conversation I think almost every company I've worked with has come to the forefront. They're struggling with the right staffing, right? It's the same yep. thing on the sales side, same thing on the sales side. Yep. Does, that answer, does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. It's definitely a challenge that I've wrestled with for, uh, for about a decade. And I know that a lot of our listeners are, are struggling with as well. Hopefully we uh, are able to point them in the right direction a little bit. 
Hey, uh, Steve, thanks so much for the time and insights today. The conversation was really awesome. I encourage all of our listeners to check out Big Zeta. Steve and his team are ready to assist with any kind of digital transformation project. Uh, pretty much. I can't, we haven't run across one that we haven't been able to deal with just yet. And uh, I thank you for the opportunity, Dave. And just to everybody, listen, digital transformation doesn't have to be a black science. It doesn't. Uh, it's adaptable and ingestible by any size company. Uh, it doesn't matter. You just have to understand what are, the, what are my opportunities and how do I do it best. And you can do it and it's not going to break the bank. But if you don't do it, you will break the bank because <laughs> money is going to lessen itself in the flow through. So, yep. but thank you, Dave, so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Steve. So that's a wrap for today. I hope you'll all join us for our next channel channel interview. Thanks so much for your time to join today's podcast. And we hope all of you and your families are staying safe and get your shots. So we can see you at Las Vegas here Definitely in a couple of months. Shots. Definitely get your <laughs> shots. Thanks Dave. Thanks very much. Thanks. Take care, Steve. You bet. Cheers.